Hey guys, I'm Chris. And I'm Mike. Welcome back to this week's No Limits, the Mitch Rap Podcast. How you doing this week, Mike? Mitch Rap Podcast is alive and well in the month of September for Oath of Loyalty. Boom, baby. Let's do this thing. Yes, yes. Are you excited for this book? Because I am. Chris, I'm fresh. I have not even read a word of the book yet. So I just want people to know we are not spoiling it this episode. We are going to go over the social media, buzz, a couple other things that have been going on around the release of this book, how you could still get a signed copy by Kyle Mills from two independent online bookstores. So spoiler free, we will not be ruining anything about Oath of Loyalty this episode. Yeah, I couldn't help myself. You started. I got the I got the newsletter, and it was listen to the George Goodell preview. Yeah, what was that? One hour. I clicked on it. I got. I stopped myself at the first as soon as it got to chapter one. So I just read the the prologue. Uh, listened to the prologue, and I'm not going to give any sort of details. But you know, Kyle mentioned exactly what he was going to do, and he right. stuck to it. The fact that we are going right back, starting with that chapter, but coming from uh, Mitch's preview, and he didn't lie. That's exactly what he did. So I was wondering, all right, we're obviously going to do this spoiler-free, not really talk about content. I, I do want to get, like, sort of orient ourselves. You know, it's been a year. September brings around two things. You have to go back to work. Uh. <laughs> Kids have to go back to school. Uh. And... uh we get a new Kyle Mills book, or new Vince Flynn, written by Kyle Mills. One of those things is better than the other. <laughs> Definitely. It's kind of nice that we you know, we get it in September, and we get Brad in, in the middle of you know, June, July, right? Yeah. We get a we get a Jack Carr book in April and spring. Like, you know, the three big, the big three that we've been covering uh, that are nice and evenly spaced out. But, yes, I, I do want to just, before we, yeah, you know, we, we, we have a couple, of, like, notes to hit before this but i do want to like just take a second to orient ourselves maybe remind ourselves what happened in enemy at the gates because i think it's going to be very important you know oh yeah and kind of how we were talking about with jack carr how you know these stories are you can't really just pick it up and this is the first time even just reading the first chapter i felt like wow you you really shouldn't jump in on this book (laughs) yeah there's been some even Total Power was a bit of a standalone where you'd be okay just jumping right into it. I don't think you get the quintessential Mitch Rap, and you don't get the authentic Vince Flynn feel of Mitch Rap. But yeah, there are a few you can you can jump right into and you'll you'll be okay. Red War in some ways. There's it's quite a few. Yep. I don't get the sense that this is one of those. No, definitely not. Definitely not. And even Enemy at the Gates, like no, I don't I, think yeah, I wouldn't jump in with that one either. No, the, the Mike Nash ending, which hit me really hard, hit a lot of people really hard, it just won't land. And and that's going to be so important to this book. And Nicholas Ward is going to be so important. And the cooks, <laughs> just everything. And and Irene wanting to grab, you know, some, some vino with Mitch. Like, all of that from wrapping up Enemy at the Gates has to. It, it just has to inform this plot. And it has to set the stage for where America's at and Mitch's role in that America. Right. All right. Before, I have a bunch of questions to ask you. But before we get into that, obviously, you know, we got 
the newsletter today. There's going to be signed book giveaways with Kyle back in person. No more uh, virtual book tour. He's got two dates booked. On pub day, we got Once Upon a Crime, 7 p.m. in Minneapolis. And on Monday, September 19th, uh, we have at the Poison Pen, Scottsdale, Arizona. These are quintessential book tour places for Kyle. Yeah, nice. You can get your go on, sign up now to get your signed copy. And if you can make your way out there, uh, go ahead and do that. Yeah. Those, are those going to be live events? They're going to be streamed? I, I didn't say like any information about that, but it, it did say he would be there in person. So going to guess we're moving away in a post-COVID era from the virtual book tours where it's night after night of these str- live streamed interviews. I haven't really yeah, that seen was, much about that. Was that was nice with, um, I guess it was Total Power. We got like four or five of them, right? And uh, Brian hosted one of them, right? Like, uh, so. Exactly. Yeah, and we didn't, we got a, a pared down version of that last year with Enemy. So. A bit repetitive, I'll be honest. I listened to a few of them and, you know, they stick to some of the same talking points where I guess it's not. Yeah, it, it's not totally necessary now that you can go do live books. I, f- I feel like that's what people want, right? You want to meet the author. You want them to sign right. your copy. You want to chit-chat. You don't want to watch them on a Zoom call anymore. Like, w- the world's moved on, thankfully. <laughs> I mean, it'd be nice to have one of those, just so, like, sure. people who obviously right. can't travel to Minneapolis or, or you know, Scottsdale, Arizona um, could see it. But, yeah, you don't. Because like, that's why we try to do something different. And, obviously, we will when we have Kyle on, which we just booked uh, the other day. We're going to have him ding, on. Ding, ding, Love it. Uh, yes, mid, can't wait. Mid-September, mid late, mid to late September, after the book, we're going to talk to him about Yeah, it's after the release. And we'll talk to him probably a week or so or within a week of the book release. And we do want to cover spoilers, so... We like to take that angle of tell us what was in your head when you wrote this scene and really get the inner workings of why the characters are doing what they're doing from from Kyle's perspective, from the man with the pen. So you guys will probably hear that the very end of September. So definitely we'll give you some time to get your copy, read through it, and come back to us for a no-holds-barred talk with Kyle Mills. Yep, yep. Before we really get into it, I just wanted to share how I'm feeling going into this book in the form of a limerick. About to embark on Oath of Loyalty, I'm opening the book quite joyously, though a tall task awaits after enemy at the gates. I pray to not be let down royally. I mean, can we just pick up there? I I don't want to be a prisoner of the moment hanging on every person's post, every Mitch Rapp ambassador's post about this. But do you think it's safe to say what you've seen has been a mixed bag? I mean, some of our patrons in our group chat, I've we've had ups and downs. I've seen some tweets that this is the best book ever, best Mitch Rapp ever. I guess that's always, you know, somebody out there is always tweeting that. How are you mentally approaching this book? How are you getting yourself ready for it? I'm trying not to, you know, I try not to read anything uh, because I've been burned too many times by, you know, Rotten Tomatoes, like just in movies, like with Rotten Tomatoes, you know, the, the, once the embargo is lifted, right, you get that, that critic score and it sort of sets your expectations for it. And then I'll end up realizing like, wait, I, I actually enjoy this movie. So screw the critics, you know, like, yeah. And I don't know, we've realized through the course of how many books have we covered now? Like. Us and our listeners, obviously, we have shared tastes, but we not we don't have the same exact tastes. 
No, we don't. And I don't know. I just I I want to enjoy this for what it is. Um, it's a it's a it's a it's a monumental book. Thinking of like how Enemy at the Gates concluded and like how we're gonna come back from that traumatic event. And I would say, I guess I should you know you shouldn't be listening to this, this podcast if you haven't read Enemy at the Gates. <laughs> yes. So pause, go read that, come back, um, and then read the next book. But yeah, just the death suicide of Mike Nash is, you know, crazy to think that it actually happened. And I, I think how Mitch is going to deal with this in the future immediately, as well as, you know, how is it going to play a role later on in the book, in the next couple books? I think like, I, I hope that it's not just like, well, I guess, you know, Maureen's brought up a lot, right? Um, mm-hmm. Anna's brought up a lot. So something like that, where it's not like, you know, this it's, it's a huge moment in his life, right? He has yeah. had a lot of huge moments. This is one of them. He's, and this is, this is one of them that's going to stick with us, stick with him. So how that gets followed up is, is big. So It is. And it kind of makes me resurrect the question of, was he a traitor? I remember we went into that quite a bit. We even asked Kyle it of, do we view Mike as a traitor? Which, I mean, will that color how Mitch and Irene and others move on from him if they do feel he was entirely guilty of his doing in the Cook's plot? Or no, if he was just between a rock and a hard place and he was put in a vulnerable position, he thought of his family first, and he did as a, as a man, as a family man and a father, what he felt at the time, and as a patriot, he felt at the time he had to do what was right, which was the orders of his president, you know, a fairly elected president as far as we know. And so I I think that's really going to inform your answer to that question of if you think he's a traitor or not, or if he was even just a traitor personally to his friends, I think that's really going to inform and color how you feel about their next steps, the way Irene and Mitch move on. It's kind of like giving the reader a lot to grapple with. And you can fall in so many different places. I, I don't. I think it's a spectrum. I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. And I, I think that's going to be why this book, responses to it are going to be very varied. Responses to Enemy at the Gates were really varied. I, I just think that's going to happen here because things are getting would you, divisive maybe, but it, it's just a wide spectrum. There's no black or white anymore in the Mitch Rapp universe. Also, it's not your typical cliffhanger that we ended on. You know, it's right. not like, uh, you know, like the what happened at the CT, 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 CT? What is it? Counter yeah, the uh, center? CTC? What? Anyways. Uh, JCTC. Um, yeah. yeah, there we go. Uh, I knew it was four letters. Um, it's not like Mitch just has somebody to go kill and like, right. rah, rah, next or, book he or, does it. Or, yeah, like, you know, the, the cliffhanger with Stu Garrett, right? Um, it's, it's a much bigger, it's emotional. Um, it's almost like as if we hadn't gotten the epilogue in consent, you know, like if, if, yes. if it was just left before that. So we're, we're going to, we're now going to go back and deal with Anna's death or in this case, Mike's death. So it's a, it's a different kind of, of cliffhanger. And I, like you said, that choice was very divisive. So it's now just got, people have had a whole year to sort of put it out of their memory if they didn't like it. And now it's just bringing them right back in. Right. And they're immediately, you know, going to kick off this book, not 
either either in a bad bad headspace or in a good headspace if you you know it, it was controversial like what he did so right 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 i do recommend i think people should go and reread the two chapters you know or, or reread like the last couple chapters starting with mike and mitch in the woods and then you know go up until when you know the very end when when mitch is serving Irene a couple multiple glasses of wine right um i think that'll be a big you know refresher and then i, I think like as you read begin to read this next and, and sort of almost go beat for beat uh some of the words um but in now a new light I, I think it'll be really it'll be it'll be good for you really helpful for anybody if you either <laughs> haven't read the previous book or have and not want to catch up on it it'll be a uh, really good to just start right when Mitch and um, Mike are going on their adventure in the woods in Uganda and leading up to the very end. So, Yeah, I agree that scene is going to be important to reread, but I really don't want to neglect a, a couple of the other wider moves that I think Kyle was making with Enemy at the Gates. For example, a couple of characters that, you know, with all the Mike drama could be forgotten or that... Nicholas Ward is huge, mm -hmm. really big on if Irene and Mitch will have a support system with the resources working outside of the U.S. government. Right, right. And, I mean, that's a really big game changer that's mirroring, I think, the real world, the move away from supremacy or dominance of government agencies and institutions, whether it's intelligence collecting or military or space exploration. And the shift towards billionaires and the world's wealthy elite right. essentially setting policy for how they're going to approach the next decade, two, three, of space exploration, intelligence gathering, security and defense contracting. And I think by throwing Nicholas Ward in the mix, it gives options if the U.S. government is no longer the best friend of our, our protagonists. And so I think that's huge. And we know Claudia plays a big role here. So I feel like catching up on where Claudia has been because she's really been in mom mode, right? Like right, there's right. been a lot of, you know, Anna growing up and taking care of her. And a, a domestic Mitch is something we discussed in our previous episodes. And I feel like all that's going to get shattered here. There's going to be a, a just a bomb dropped on domestic Mitch, Anna, Claudia family life. And I don't know if I'm ready for, but I I just sense there's other characters outside of the Mike Nash storyline that are really going to be put front and center on the stage that I think can really make this a well-rounded story. Definitely. Definitely. So like one of the things that I think Mike was sort of bringing up in, in his final speech was this idea about how Nicholas Ward and obviously, you know, remember, like, I was thinking about back on the plot, and it was all like the Saudis were in bed with the cooks because Nicholas Ward poses this future of, you know, no oil. We don't need oil. We have electricity. So that that's why they ultimately wanted to get rid of him, right? And the almost, oh, I was rethinking about it. And the narrative that Mike is spitting is this idea that. Americans are just going to turn on each other. And obviously Kyle was playing up on this whole idea of the next civil war and social media and, you know, like the deep fake videos. 
Right, right. And how like those can be manipulated and, and Russia and, and everything. And how like Anthony Cook is selling this idea of how he's going to lead in the future and he's going to give us something to do, to occupy our time, to, to keep us, you know, it, it almost made me sound like he's definitely, uh, you know, authoritarian, totalitarian, you know, selling this dictatorship um, idea. And then Mike was almost drank the Kool-Aid. I don't know. It gets back to your whole like idea of traitor, non-traitor, you know, um, sort of storyline. But yeah, this Nicholas Ward guy is super important. I'm really intrigued to see how his storyline goes forward. Yeah, and, and we haven't gotten much, Claudia, and we got a little bit more Anna in the last book than, if anything. And so I'm also really intrigued to see, like, what does Irene do, you know? Like, yeah, what's her role in all this? Obviously, you know, the cooks are in power, so are they going to try to get rid of They mentioned they want to get rid of her in the last book, right? Yeah, he did. Yeah, so exactly. He, and she's had other presidents that have wanted to get rid of her, and she's obviously stood, stood the test of time. You know, but how she does got she the offer too? Nicholas Ward actually made her an offer, right? So, how does she navigate that? Uh, you know, what's you know? I, I want to see. I almost want to see Mitch and 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 Irene outside of the CIA, like you know, sort of what Brad did with Scott, right? Moving him away from any institution. You know, he he progresses him like further and further away from the government, right? By going, yeah, Secret Service, OIIA, and Scott then, Harvath. By the way, Scott Harvath. Yes, Scott Harvath. Sorry. Not Coleman. Not Coleman. And then now with the Carlton group and whatever leading the Carlton group, right? So I almost want to see that for Mitch. Like, Is, is that something that you, you yeah. think about? Well, well, you know, it actually does connect to Scott Coleman because he's always played that role with right, his company. Being, being on being the a outside. Contractor. Yeah. Remember those moments when Mike would play the bureaucrat and kind of question Irene? And she's like, I don't want you to question me. I want you to take orders. Right. And she Scott take him was there aside. to take the orders. Right. And get Scott Tutti, Scott Coleman, to do it. He was a contractor. He's like, fair game. Anything's on. And, you know, Mitch and Irene provided the political clout where he could get away with a lot. I I think that's a good point. I I would be interested in seeing what Mitch and Irene can do in those situations. Though... It would unfortunately maybe feel less Flinian, mm. but I think in a way that's necessary. For example, if they become private contractors or private for hire or just anything outside of the public sector, that was Vince's bread and butter, dealing with the governmental operations, the good and the bad, right? Right, right. The, the ugly and the friendly. When he was inside a government agency or organization, he could describe it so well. You know, his contacts at the CIA, like Rob Richer, he was the chief of the Near East Division, you know, Mitch's job for a while. So Vince had the inside scoop on these things. And then on the Hill, the political side of things, he was there. He, he, he knew it. He understood it. If we start moving into this world of private contractors... It's less Flinian, but I think it's what Vince would have realized needed to be done to you know match the modern world. I think it's it's essentially a move Vince would have realized I think he has to make the way he could understand the American government and the fabric of society. And it's really interesting to watch Kyle do that. It's going to become less Flinian as we knew him, but that's because the times are changing. So 
yeah, I'd be most curious to see Irene because we know she could pull strings. She can manage an organization top down, have her thumb on everything. What would happen if she gets a different set of tools, you know, to work with that are less bound by the law and more bound by what someone with the money can do or front? Right. Right. There's a lot of intriguing questions. I'm I'm intrigued to see where the story goes, not only for Mitch, but you know, obviously for the whole host of characters we just we just brought up. Yeah, I'm we've we've had this but we well we had a busy summer and we took on a lot of other reading and we knew yes. we wanted to sort of I didn't want to half ass this one. So both me and you, we we have yet to besides my little jaunt with George this afternoon, we haven't we haven't picked up our, our arcs yet. And it's been annoying, uh, Mark Harris, because he's been texting us on our group chat. <laughs> What'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? What'd you think? Uh, so sorry, Mark. Um, but we are starting. I'm probably starting right after this pod. But you, uh, unfortunately, you tried to call me because you had another little unboxing. Yeah. So you you mentioned the arcs, right? Even though I got this book two, three weeks ago now, I was out of town for most of it, and I was hoping to take take it with me on vacation. I was right. In it, it, it arrived, what, the day you left? I was in the Uber probably 10 minutes out of my house on the way to the airport, and I got the email that Simon & Schuster dropped, or UPS dropped off a package from Simon & Schuster. I'm like, darn, couldn't take it on vacation. would have been perfect for your, uh, your plane ride. Yeah, it would have been great for the plane, but the good thing here is, that timing allowed me to live up to our promise to Kyle Mills because we put a poll out there. Where should I unbox my copy of Oath of Loyalty? If anyone remembers, Enemy at the Gates, when it came in, I took a little stroll to the White House because, you know, the White House is on the cover there. We knew the book was going to have a lot to do with it. Called Chris at work, and we had a little recording, a little Zoom recording of me opening the box outside the White House. And we posted a poll, where should I open this one, after doing last year's book at the White House, and there was a tie. It was a split tie on the Twitter poll, the Capitol Building or the Lincoln Memorial. We gave the tiebreaker to Kyle Mills. He was very quick to chime in, Capitol. It's got to be the Capitol. Hands down. No choice. Capitol. So when I got back, I took that package down to the Capitol. Wasn't able to call you. I think you you were at work. But... um. Did a little quick recording, so I'm going to cut in the audio of me unboxing Oath of Loyalty, Ambassador, Advanced Reading Copy, at the Capitol Building, and then also you can find the clip with video on our social media. We'll post that on Insta, Facebook, and Twitter, so... All right, all right, Mike here of No Limits the thriller podcast i've got a package simon and schuster i was heading out the door on my way to vacationing in england meeting a friend hoping to have this with me i was in the uber on the way to the airport and ups gives me an alert that the package arrived i'm like damn can't take it to england with me wanted to read it on the plane but this allows me to fulfill kyle mills himself his request he thought the Capitol would be the best place to open it up. So here we are. We got our package from Simon & Schuster right there at the Capitol. Now we're on the east side, the visitor entrance side. The west side with the steps on the National Mall covered in scaffolding. Couldn't see anything. So I took a walk around here. 
Gonna open up Oath of Loyalty. Pumps for this. Give me a second here, guys. Here we go. All right. Did enemy at the gates of the White House. Did a poll. Where should I open the next one? The tiebreaker was Kyle Mills. And oh man, here we go. Yes. Look at that. Look at that cover. Oh. Guys, this is, this is the best modern, new Mitch Rap cover I've ever seen. It is clean. It is haunting. What does the future hold for this, the government, the country, when Mitch Rapp is at odds with the president and his wife? Oh, look at that. Guys, if you haven't ordered your copy, Oath of Loyalty comes out mid-September. Get on it now, September 13th. Pre-order your copy. I want to see this in hardcover. Look at that. So clean. Oh, that is crisp. That I feel like the same way Enemy at the Gates was ushering a new America for Mitch Rapp and Irene to deal with, this cover is symbolizing the series moving into a new era. It's so different than anything we've seen. You know we like to judge the cover by the book. Can't judge a cover till we read the book, but uh, this is going to be a good one. But yeah, that was exciting, man. Uh, opening up was great. Can't wait to dig into it. I do have a question for you. I don't want to get too meta, but being a little reflective, when we started this podcast, we didn't want to just be cheerleaders who said, Every book is the best book ever. Only talk about them and praise them. We thought the books were so important to what they did to the thriller verse. We wanted to critique them, not in a bring them down way, but critique them in a way that they are deserving of a deeper analysis because they're so complex and they are art. Do you think we've lived up to that bargain of being honest? And do you think the listeners realize we're not just going to say this is the best book ever? And actually, I've been a little negative at times. Just think our latest Brad Thor episode. We we covered Blowback, the fourth Brad Thor book. We were honest and, and total power. I, I was honest. Uh, some of my reviews were not the happiest. It wasn't at the top of my list. So basically what I'm asking, Chris, do you think we're going to be objective in this one? And do you think the listeners realize that we're honest when we tell you if we like something, we really liked it? If we didn't, we're going to own up to that. I mean, I, I, I like to think that we have uh, journalistic integrity um, and are honest. You know, it's sometimes it's, I mean, there's a reason we get the uh, media copy and not the and we're not Mitrap ambassadors, right? Because, you know, a review coming from us is a little bit, I hope, is a little bit different than a review coming from a Mitrap ambassador where one of the caveats of getting into the program is you have to have a social media presence, right? The hope is that you will talk about this book in a positive light. Um, you know, we've been honest when, you know, honesty was needed. Um, it's definitely was easier when we were doing early on Mitrap books because, you know, Vince is no longer with us. So there's not this like feeling of like, oh, the author is going to be either listen one listening or, you know, a fan can sort of co-tweet or, or co-whatever our reaction towards the author um you know but 
we you know we critiqued which book do we hate in the, in the very beginning like the fifth book uh executive power we, we both like <laughs> trashed that book. Yeah. yeah uh and then and then pursuit of honor you know like so th- there was you know three or four that were kind of duds there's been a couple more recently that you know we weren't super high on but again we held to that we we wouldn't cover a book on this podcast that we wouldn't recommend right at least in some part you know, there's been people that have tried to reach out to us to get on our podcast and either you or I have read a couple pages and it's just like, mm, that's not for us. So, you know, I think we can be objective. Do you think we can? Yeah, I think so. I I don't know what made me think of that. It's just, I remember I was really, really positive on Enemy at the Gates and you had some apprehension, which I think was honest, right? Like that's where we started. And then talking about it more, you came around to like it a lot. A couple other people who are followers who said, heard our interview with Kyle said they also came around to it after he explained things. So, yeah, I, I think we were honest there. And then Rising Tiger, same thing. I, I loved it. You really liked it. Some other people weren't so positive about it. So I think we're, we're going to take each book as it comes. We're going to give you our honest breakdown of it. We definitely are going to look for the positive. I, I didn't mean to bring this question up to say I'm anticipating being <laughs> negative, but we always like to still look for the positive. Another thing I'll say, out of all the books we covered, Vince Flynn, Brad Thor, Kyle Mills, Chris Howdy, Jack Carr, all the others, there are only a handful I did not give five stars to on Goodreads. So even if a book we critiqued, I still think it was worthy of five stars on Goodreads and Amazon, right? Like most of them. Blowback, Pursuit of Honor, I think were the two. I couldn't find myself to give five stars. I gave four or three, I believe. There might have been one other book along the way that I gave three or four stars to. So we're going to be honest about it. But even while we're critiquing, it's still in our mind a worthwhile read. If it wasn't, we wouldn't be wasting your time with it. And frankly... I wouldn't waste my own time with it. You yeah, know, exactly. Talking that, about it. It's, it's more the it's reason more, we're talking about it is it's worth it. It's worthwhile. It's more so wasting our time because it, our time is precious, guys. I mean, your time <laughs> is precious to yourself too, but like, you know, our time is precious to ourselves. So, and very I, scarce. I, I'm not going to do this pod, you know, in the hopes of, I don't know how many people we have listening to this, but I don't want to waste those people's times. And I definitely don't want to waste my time. So, Anyways. All right. Well, let's move on because I want to do a couple things. I want to do a social media roundup. I want to do some shout outs for our followers and Thriller fan followers. And you've got to begin any shout out with Don. In Mitch Rap publication season, you got to give it to Don. Am I right? You got to give the first shout out to Don. Don, 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 Don Alcorn, you have outdone yourself with this. Is it, is it a cake? Is it a book? Is I don't this know. The best cake ever. I think it's the Ooh, best cake ever. It's 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 up there with one of her best, if not the best. This it's, is Food Network level cake. It's really good. Absolutely. She needs she needs to go on one of those uh, one of those Food Network challenges. It's like Buddy Velastro level. If cake. they had like a thriller, you know, like a, yeah, he had to recreate either scenes from thrillers or, or book covers from thrillers. Don 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 should do it. Shout out to Don. What what a good cake. Guys, if you don't know what we're talking about, every year for the last, what, four or five books, Dawn has baked a cake and decorated it in the cover of 
the new Mitch Rapp book. And they're just fantastic. You can follow Don at Don underscore Alcorn, A-L-C-O-R-N. You got to see her cakes. Check her workout. Give her a follow. One of the best thriller fans out there. Yes. And can I just say, this cover, I'm liking this cover. David was kind enough to send me, and I think you as well, not only the ARC, but a hard copy of the book. Yes. Um, it's times like this where I wish we had an actual visual medium. Um, the hardcover shines, man. I really shines, like the gloss it's on like it. It's like the feel of the flag. It has texture. That's one thing that hasn't been disappointing. You know, these last couple of books have been the covers have been really good. Yep. Yep. Um, so anyways, I will say the arc on the paperback looked just a little flat, but the hardcover it's just arc, shines. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, hard, the hardcover Almost, looks nice. It almost looks like part of the flag where it's blue is actually silver. You right, know, right. The cover almost changes as you move it in the light, and, and you see some silver in the flag as well. It's just it's brilliantly done. Yeah, that's a good one. All right, another social media shout-out. This goes to a couple of different people. Everyone who submitted a photo to the Pet Ambassadors thread. Did you see this one, Chris? I don't know if it was on Instagram. It was. It, it was super. It was also on the the newsletter today. It was super cute. Yeah, was, they got goats. They got chickens. <laughs> they got <laughs> dogs. All the dogs are so cute. Yeah. No. It, so people taking photos with their pets, and you have to vote. Go out and vote. I don't know what. Who would you vote for, Mike? Yeah. So <sighs> there's a lot of cute ones here. I'm gonna be honest with you. <laughs> I'm a little partial to some of the cats. You know, I have a cat, but the dog pictures are just really, really nice. I wouldn't say I'm a cat guy. I I have a cat. Don't know if that exactly makes me a cat guy, but... um... (laughs) Yeah, it kind (laughs) of (laughs) does. Comment below if you think, you know, having a cat makes you a cat guy or not. (laughs) I got to say number one. It's the fan favorite. Number one and number 11 are getting a ton of votes, but... That dog on number one actually reading and turning the page is just next level. Next level. Oh, number 24, the Corgi. Gotta love a Corgi. Let's see. Let's see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. And the goat. No one, no, no goat love here or a pig love. Number two or three. <laughs> I didn't see too many votes for that or number four. You got the chickens. Or the so, chickens. Uh, He's a uh, this is great. It's all the same person. They just they just happen to live on a farm. <laughs> yeah, the same homesteader just going to all their different, you know, patches. Yeah, shout out to James and the team behind Vince Flynn.com, at Vince Flynn.com, the VinceFlynn.com website and social media. Again, another great book rollout. I'm sure next week when the book actually is published, you guys, oh, number 16. Oh, my God, look at number 16. <laughs> look at that big snout. Oh, I like that one. But shout out to James and crew, VinceFlynn.com. You guys are, as Jack Carr would say, you're killing it. You're crushing it. What else do we... Oh, so I know we don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but on Twitter, the Redneck of Reason, at DumbRedneck1776. What a great handle. (laughs) You got to trust whatever comes out of the Redneck of Reason, you know, right? Like they're They're reasonable. They're rational. Uh, Kyle Mills, you've successfully written my favorite book I've 
ever read. This is the best Mitch rap has wow. ever been. My goodness, bravo. Oh, okay. All right. There you go. The redneck has spoken. All right. We'll see. We'll see. We always get one of those, you know. Best this book is why ever. I best stay up with Twitter. Ever. I don't want to. I don't want to be either my expectations hurt or my expectations, you know, uplifted. Right. So. Well, one more neutral uh, shout out here then for our social media roundup. Remember, we used to do social media roundup every episode. We did. That used to be part of our banter. Yeah. Our thriller fan friend from Down Under, David D. Gotta love David D. He did a YouTube review, so maybe we'll link below in the show notes, or you could follow him to find his little quick four-minute YouTube review. It's got that silky smooth Australian voice, at D. Dobiasek, at D-D-O-B-I-A-S-E-K. Great little review and great things coming out of David, the thriller fan from Down Under, so... Follow him. Check out some of his work for some great thriller content. Anything else on your mind about uh, next week? The release of Oath of Loyalty? Yeah, no, we, we we had one more. I guess we mentioned this at the top, but Kyle um, tweeted that both Once Upon a Crime and The Poison Pen are going to have signed editions of Oath of Loyalty. So if you want to get those, you can go online to both of those independent bookstores. Always support your in- local independent or any independent bookstore if you want to get those and yeah man i'm i'm just i'm excited to take i'm literally gonna tear into this book tonight now that we've uh, got this little little pot out the way yes sir the time has come all right so next week we will be bringing you an oath of loyalty part one i, I might try to convince you if you have time uh maybe we can do a breakdown or, or we can do a breakdown after we've read the book comparing the same chapter and like seeing if there's differences between the opening of the book and then the closing of the last book. Um, but if, if not, we'll be bringing you Oath of Loyalty Part 1. I was actually going to ask you, what would be your take on pausing halfway and recording Part 1 before we even finish the second half mm, of the book? That's a good idea. That's a good idea. That way, whatever happens in the ending doesn't spoil our, our, our talk. We could just kind of take you through our journey as we read the book without knowing what's coming. That's that's a good idea, especially with this book. That's yeah, it's a good one right, to try, right. try it with. All right. Let's yeah, see let's, if the timing works out. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we need to thank our patrons, our special operator, Sherry F., our special agents, Daryl, Kevin, George, Matt, Dawn, Dennis, Peggy, Catherine, Ray, Bridget, Jeff, and Mark. Please subscribe, rate, and review using your favorite podcast platform. You can find us online at thrillerpod.com or on Twitter and Instagram at thrillerpodcast. And as always... Mike, no!